Welcome to the PB&J Podcast. This will not be televised. Whether you agree with us or not, we invite you to be curious, become empowered, conduct your own research, and gain personal confidence with the goal of improving your overall health and wellness. For health topics and questions, we encourage everyone to consult their physician to discuss the best care and treatments for their personal situation. Welcome everybody to today's podcast. We're, Pam and I are going to be talking about food labeling. Uh, it doesn't sound very exciting, but we're going to try our best to, to make it exciting. And so with this said, uh, there are all kinds of labels, as everyone probably knows. There's organic, made with organic, no artificial ingredients, vegetarian, vegan, natural, GMO, non-GMO, free-range, cage-free, no antibiotics, no growth hormones, sugar-free, no sugar added, made in the USA, made in the USA with imported ingredients, plant-based, non-plant-based, partially plant-based. So I'm going to start out uh, with today's podcast, and Pam is going to interject when she uh, wants to, and then she's going to follow up with a discussion on, on her topic. My topic is going to be GMOs. And if anyone is familiar with that acronym, um, and I'm, I'm sure everybody is, but that has to do with a genetically modified organism. And so that has to do with uh, plants, animals, or microorganisms that have had their genetic material, and that genetic material is DNA, altered through a genetic engineering process. And so if you're wondering how that happens, there are three U.S. federal agencies that regulate most of the GMO foods. And those agencies are the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, and the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Those uh, acronyms are FDA, EPA, and USDA. And that's what we'll be using um, when we talk about this topic. So when you look on your food, and I'm sure everyone has seen labels like this, and it's got non-GMO, and it's got like this cute little, it's teeny tiny, but it's got this cute little flowery thing on there that indicates that it is a non-GMO kind of food. Otherwise, uh, it, it doesn't say that. <laughs> so <laughs> if you see that label, you know it's non-GMO. If you don't see that label, then mm, it's probably GMO. And so uh, the FDA sets and enforces food safety standards that anybody who produces, processes, stores, ships, or sells food that are, um, regardless of how the foods are created, whether they're GMO or not, uh, the FDA sets out the rules that those entities have to follow. And so FDA's voluntary plant biotechnology consultation program now, That's a I, lot. <laughs> I know it's a mouthful, right? And who's going to remember this? Who's going to remember that once you listen to this podcast? The Plant Biotechnology Consultation Program under the FDA. That's scary because I it's know. like, okay, who are they consulting? I with? know. I did. I did. You are, know, are they consulting with each other? I didn't even go down that rabbit hole because I got to tell you, it's kind of scary just listening to some of these titles. Um, but they evaluate the safety of food from new GMOs before they enter the market. So before you go to the grocery store, that particular program evaluates um, those products. Um, and that's like case by case basis. And so the EPA or like the Environmental Protection Agency, why in the heck are they involved with my food? And so 
If you look at uh, EPA, if you heard about EPA, it's responsible for protecting human health and the environment, and that includes regulating pesticides. So uh, we think about things that are grown. Um, pesticides and herbicides are used to keep the, those nasty things off of produce and, and those foods that are grown so that once they make it to the grocery store, um, farmers aren't losing their socks because the, their crops haven't been destroyed by um, critters and, and bad things. So EPA regulates the safety of the substances that protect GMO plants. And when I say plants, I'm talking about things that are grown in the ground, referred to as plant incorporated protectants. Again, another thing that you probably won't remember after this podcast is over. <laughs> so these, these things, these protectants, they're called PIPs, because there's, all, you know, the federal government loves acronyms. Um, the, these plant-incorporated protectants that are in some of the GMO plants, they make them to, uh, resistant to insects and disease. So EPA monitors all these kinds of pesticides that are used on crops, including on those used on GMO and non-GMO crops. So that's uh, US EPA's role. And the Department of Agriculture, and here's something else you probably won't remember, but I'll say it anyway. The USDA Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, affectionately known as APHIS, they set regulations to make sure the GMO plants those are things that are grown in the ground, not, not uh, entities. GMO plants are not harmful to other plants. And USDA's Biotechnology Regulatory Services implements these regulations. So just, <laughs> I know pe people are probably like, really, are you kidding me? Why do I care? Why do I care about all this stuff? Well, I say you should care because we want to know that the things that we eat and the things that are on our dinner table and that we're feeding our kids and our family, that they're safe to eat, whether they're GMO or not GMO, right? And so I find it comforting, even, you know, all these acronyms aside, I find it comforting that there are agencies and entities in our federal government that are looking at these things, trying to make sure that they are safe for us to ingest. So I would say, you know, with all that aside, it's good to know that here in the United States, because there are other countries that don't have these kinds of agencies, that uh, they're, they're looking at this stuff, right? Um, so anyway, there Can is- Can I ask you something too? Yeah, sure. Okay. so. When you go in the grocery store, you see non-GMO, GMO, and we know that those are genetically modified, you know, products. Mm -hmm. But here it is. How does the average consumer know that the non, you know, isn't, you know, there's all these packaging of these foods by the, the food industry mm -hmm. that have all these health claims about you know, non-GMO and all natural, and, and they do these branding tactics yes. to, to create a, a sense that it's healthy. Right, right. And, and I would say, you, you, I think that's spot on, Pam, because when you go to the grocery store and you're picking up your package of, you know, you're picking up a steak or you're picking up salad or you're picking up cookies or whatever you're picking up at the grocery store and you see these these labels that you know from the 
the the the typical person it's like oh wow it says non-gmo it must mean that it's that's healthy and it's safe yeah well <laughs> not so much that it just means that it hasn't been genetically modified um it doesn't mean that it's necessarily safer um and there are entities that say uh gmo food is is no more dangerous than non-gmo food and so you've got those two sides of the aisle that you know talk about you know whether it's okay or not okay and from what i have researched the little that i've researched because there's just a ton of information on this the gist is that gmo foods are altered to make them safer and to make them uh, more viable you know for for the uh, farmers that grow the food right so that their crops don't die due to disease and pests and so they uh this this uh, i'm going to describe it here genetic engineering i'll tell you what they do um they identify the genetic information that gives the organism whether it be a plant animal or microorganism a desired trait so if they if they in this process you know under a microscope or whatever they use i don't know Pam i'm sorry but they they take this dna of whatever it is and they say oh look this is this is what we want this desired trait and that could be something that makes that that plant or animal stronger it might make them uh more resistant to a disease and they say oh yeah we want that yeah that's good stuff we don't want the 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 uh part of the DNA that makes them weaker we want that and so they take that information and they copy it they they copy that trait and then they insert that into the DNA of another organism right and so it it's like uh, taking that information and making the next organism stronger so it's like cloning well they actually they they take what they discover in the lab right correct? yeah injection and then replicate it into the organism itself yeah they extract it and they edit they edit the the dna if anyone has you know done any research on uh genome editing that's that's what they do um i'm not even going to go into that because pam you and i've talked about how it's like yeah it's crazy because and, and the reason why I asked that question because I have gone into the grocery store, read the labels mm-hmm. on some of the ingredients that are supposed to be non-GMO and they're supposed to be better for you because that's what marketing does. You know, right. they they call it what they call it greenwashing. You know, saying that it, this seal and this certification indicates that it's healthy. Right. 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 <clears throat> they they make people believe that. Right. But look at some of the ingredients on the non-gmo a lot of those ingredients i can't even pronounce yes yeah there's all kinds of chemicals and all kinds of something a's almost be a scientist to figure out what it is right right Right. yeah it's you're absolutely right and then you look and the the ingredient list is like 25 words long you're like, wow, this is just a cookie. What, what, <laughs> what, what, what is all this stuff that's in my cookie, right? Right, I mean, just flour, sugar. Yeah, flour, sugar, butter, eggs, and, yeah. and a shortening, right? Right. Right? That's all you need to bake a cake or a cook, make a cookie. What is all this stuff in here? So, yeah, you know, preservatives and flavorings and, 
enhancers and yeah, it just like to say to sustain itself long enough on the shelf for you to buy it. Exactly. And you're absolutely right. So, you know, it, it lengthens, lengthens the lifespan, right? Because you don't want to have something that's, that's going to go bad within a week. I mean, the, the, the folks that produce those things would lose their shorts if that happened. So, honestly, I'm just going to put it out there. Mm-hmm. Because from our conversation, it seems like, you know, we are, again, misled it to believe that just because it has that green seal on it that way, yes. that it is a healthier option than anything else. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. And and I think that um, the consumers, this is my personal opinion, I think consumers are really, um, there's a disservice to consumers by not being more transparent with labeling um, especially with the description of what's in products. And, and like you just said, those, those names, those words that you can't even pronounce are like 10 syllables long, and they look like something that should be in a laboratory, not in your cookie. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and, so, right. and I think they, they put those labels on there in their scientific form. Yes. Yep. Right. So that the consumer does not have no knowledge. Right, right. And it's it's not like consumers are taking their cookies home. And I'm sorry I'm using cookie, but only because I yeah, like no, cookies. Yeah, go cookies because there are some labels I've seen on, on just regular chocolate chip cookies and I right. just don't know what they mean. So yeah. you're not taking your cookie package home and then getting on the computer and then doing research on all those ingredients. I mean, people aren't doing that. Or maybe somebody is. I'm not doing I, that. I, I'm not doing it. I don't know who might be. Somebody is... <laughs> The effort is to the grocery store and going shopping. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, and so if it's a flavor enhancer, why not just call it flavor enhancer? If it's a, a coloring, just say it's you know coloring. If it's a if it's a preservative, why don't you say it's preservative? It's whatever it is. Let's just call it what it is instead of these, you know. Now it could be it could be that the FDA requires that it be that you know long i I don't know but i would say the fda needs to rethink their their plan their policies because your average consumer is has no clue what that means and i'm going to think of you know just like the the caramel coloring coloring that you see in a lot of things it's like well what would it look like without that caramel coloring would it be like orange would it be red why is that even in there not probably not as appealing yeah i don't know the appetite i guess i don't know i don't know (laughs) it's just (laughs) both would say the same i don't know either but yeah so i'm gonna let me just say uh the the non-gmo food control and certification council and then i'm gonna hand this over to you pam to talk about um your topic so this is a group that is against GMO foods. Um, and this is a, a, a certification council that believes that uh, genetically modified organisms are harmful to the human body. Um, there's a concern that the consumption of these foods will lead to the development of immune diseases against antibiotics. Um, manufacturers don't mention that foods contain GMOs on their labels because they're worried about a decrease in demand some of them. I, I think there is a, if, if I read correctly, I think as of January 2022, 
that if a food was GMO, they had to indicate on their label that they were GMO. Um, but I don't have that in front of me. I'm pretty sure it was in January 2022 they had to be labeled as GMO if that was the case. And so uh, many religious and cultural communities are, are against GMO food because they see it as an unnatural way of producing food. Um, they don't uh, think that transferring animal genes to plants or transferring plant genes to animals is a really good idea. And this cross-pollination method is thought to harm other organisms that are in the environment. And so, you know, they think it's kind of a, a risky experiment um, that might impact not only humans by consuming those foods, but, you know, other things in the environment that are being impacted. Like if they're doing this and planting those things um, in the ground and they're gen genetically modified. So, you know, there's, there's a case for both. Um, and I don't know, I think that my personal opinion is the jury's probably still out because there's so many things that are tried and that are, <laughs> we're the human guinea pigs, um, trying to figure out whether it's going to be harmful 20 years from now. Uh, and we've seen this, Pam, we, you and I have talked about this, where things 20 years ago we thought were okay, but now have been found to cause cancer. It's like, wow, um, thanks. Thanks, kids. Thanks for... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been I've been eating or drinking that for 20 years, and now you're telling me it might kill me. Uh, thanks for that. Appreciate that. So, I would say, you know, the whole GMO thing. I don't have the statistics, and I'm not smart enough to even if I did figure out whether this has been going on long enough to determine whether long-term effects are, you know, an issue. Um, I would say if you're going to eat a cookie, you might just want to make it from flour and sugar and eggs and forget yeah, about buying them. Make homemade cookies. Make homemade cookies and freeze the, the extra ones that you them, don't eat. They last as long as That's, they are frozen. <laughs> you don't need a preservative for those cookies. You make them fresh and you freeze the ones you don't eat and take them out later on and they're good to go. So I, 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 I'm like you, Jay. I feel the same way about cake. Yeah. You know, cake, cake, oh, cake too. Freezer cake. Yeah. Take it out the freezer for a little while, and it, it tastes like if you just made it. Yes, so, ma'am. I agree. I just, I, you know, we talked about, you know, we were sitting here talking about food and labeling, and you know, people are now, you know, there's been this trend because of labeling. I think uh, that was kind of like the catalyst that that kind of brought about this food-based diet, you know, this plant-based, this, I'm sorry, food, plant-based diets that have become like a trend now because people are now being become, becoming more conscious of the labeling, but it is a trend. And I say that because, you know, when you think about, when you think about plant-based diet, people are thinking, okay, if it doesn't, if there's no meat involved, then it's plant-based, right? So, but there are, you know, we talk about vegans and we talk about vegetarians, but there are also vegans and vegetarians who eat junk food. I, I'm, I'm one of them, by the way. I'm just saying, okay? <laughs> me too, me too. <laughs> and it's not like I don't want a cookie every now and then or anything pretty much that's prepackaged. You know that it, it actually is not uh, 
it's not good for you, it's not healthy. And, and one thing that the research has determined, and this has been over decades, um, is that plants are so rich in sources of nutrients that the, pot, the, the body, the human body needs, that it's the only way that the, the body can really thrive. So take someone who eats nothing but meat, you know, who doesn't like, I mean, because I remember a time when I, you know, there was people who basically, they would eat meat and didn't like vegetables, or they would be just meat and potatoes, you know? And so they, but they were missing all of the nutrients that, you know, I'm gonna say this, and, and you know that I, I'm spiritual in this way. God provides everything that we need in order for us to survive, right? Everything was provided for us here on earth. So when you talk about fruit and vegetables, and you're talking about a plant-based diet, you know, people will get a little confused about, okay, this cookie is not meat, so it's <laughs> got to be made out of plants. <laughs> 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 not really. <laughs> yeah, not so much, not, right? Not so much, not so much. So when we talk about plant-based, so what is really plant-based? It's exactly how it sounds. It's based on just natural plants, fruits, you know, fruits and vegetables. That's all it is. It's no sweetener. It's no flowers. It's no, it's just taking something almost like from the ground, right, or from the tree and just eating that product, eating that, that food, and, and, and your body will get everything that it needs, all the nutrients, all the phytochemicals, all of the antioxidants, the, the flavonoids, the, you know, fiber has been, and, and it's kind of maintained its right as one of the best foods that you can have for your body. Fiber is good. Fiber is good. Fiber is but good for is. everybody. <laughs> for everybody. But when you see a fiber stereo on the shelf, Oh yeah. It doesn't mean that it's good for you. Yeah. You can get your fiber from fruits and vegetables. Absolutely. And, and that's what people don't understand, and they think, okay, if 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 the industry or if science is putting fiber as one of the key elements to offset some you know chronic ailments, right? Then I'm just going to eat fiber cereal. Well, fiber cereal. Well, fiber cereal too is not that tasty. I mean, not that tasty. I mean not that tasty, fruits and vegetables taste much better than that fiber cereal, in my opinion. You're absolutely right. And not only that, but when you look at the label on fiber cereal, there those words again. You don't understand what they mean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ten, the ten-syllable <laughs> chemical words that, yeah, yeah. That make no sense to you. It's like, okay, I don't know what this means, but it says fiber. So it okay, must be good for me, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's the largest concentration of what's in the when you looked at in the ingredients list, because that kind of tells you also the portion of a particular item in your food. So if like the first thing is like oats or wheat or whatever, let's say that's a predominant source. But as you go down the list, you might see water, and you'll see flavonoids, and you'll see coloring, and you'll see all these other scientific words don't mean anything, but if it's packaged, understand it's not necessarily, it's not a plant-based food. And, and so there 
is this guy. His name is um, Dan. Dan, uh, is it Dan? No. It's, uh, I'm thinking about Dan, Dan Pollan, but it's actually Michael Pollan. He is a, uh, a, he's an author who, you know, has gone around. People probably have heard of him. Uh, he's, uh, he's toted this word called nutritionism. And basically is trying to, trying to get people to understand that there's nutrition in food. There's nutrition in the things we eat, that we don't need any outside sources. We don't have to go to the grocery store to get the, the let's, let's put it this way, not the grocery store, but we do not have to get packaged food in order to get the nutrients that we want. Everything that we want, everything that we need, um, can actually come directly from farm to table. Right, and, and you and I have talked about this, I think even in other podcasts where, um, when we were growing up there used to be like produce stands like every every mile on the road um used to i mean there there are farmers markets out there now but but you and i growing up where we did uh there used to be produce stands because there's so many more farms there were so many more um fresh produce and fresh things out there than there are now where we have to go to the grocery store to get your fruits and vegetables in a lot of cases. That's true. That is so true. And he has this quote, this Michael Pollan, which I love. I love this quote because it reminds me, you know, when I'm conscious and I'm going to have to be more conscious because here it is. We as humans, we don't do better until we know better. Okay? Yeah. That's <laughs> so, true. So he, he has this quote and he says if it came from a plant eat it if it was made in a plant don't (laughs) well that that is is good in theory but i'm gonna and you and i have talked about this too i think that here in the united states and maybe not in other countries um but i think in the united states there is a, a mindset of convenience instant satisfaction and I want it now I need it now and I'm going to get it now and if uh, people are you know not likely to and I could be wrong I mean this it just you're you're right you're absolutely right because it's our lifestyle yeah it's a lifestyle that we have kind of built around you know like the marketers are there, the industry is there. They know they can't make money. Like Quaker can't make a lot of money if they sell their oats. Uh, you know, well, their oats are cheap, right? Yeah. But, and so if you notice, Quaker used to have, and this has been over time, you used to have a place in the grocery store aisle where they were eye level. Right. So a lot of people were eating oatmeal. Right. One is cheap, right? And you can put different things. You can put fruit in it. You can put, you know, different sweeteners like brown sugar and butter. And you can put all these things in it and make it. And the kids would love it because that's what kind of I was growing up on, you know, oatmeal. You know, right? <laughs> it was a oatmeal and a piece of butter toast. That was like okay, that was breakfast when we had to get out the door, right? Right, right, and and so. Using your example of oatmeal, I'll tell you, in terms of convenience and something made in a plant versus eating a plant, 
I was for a long time eating oatmeal that was flavored. It was, I think the brand was Quaker. Quaker? I think mm-hmm. so. They were, yeah. they were in a plastic container, already pre-made sugar, uh, apple, cinnamon, blah, 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 blah. And you threw it in the microwave and it was there. It was instant. It was like quick, instant, didn't have to worry right. about it. But after a while, I said, you know, I don't even know what's in this oatmeal. I'm, I know I'm supposed to eat oatmeal because it's good for you, but I need to look at the label. And once I looked at the label, I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm not eating that anymore because it was so full of sugar. And as you get older, sugar is not your friend. Nope. Um, it's even okay. when you're young, it really isn't your friend. Yeah, you know, not, but as you... The more sugar right. you consume as you age, yeah, it yeah. becomes worse. Yeah, and so over time. the whole thing about, you know, the eating the, the oats and, and kind of making it yourself and taking the time to add the ingredients so that it's not as sugary, probably, versus what I used to eat. But they're, I think they're banking on consumers not really paying any attention. It's, it's quick. It's convenient. It's in a thing. I put it in the microwave. I'm right. out of the door. It's done. I'm, right. I'm done eating I'm it in done. five minutes. Oh, I'm done. Right. Right. So. I'm done. Yeah. And, but you're right, Jay. And, and, and that's the, the, the bad part about it is because our lifestyles are now almost dictating convenience. You know, instead of us, you know, preparing you know you can prepare take get up a little earlier or even do it the night before you know prepare your oatmeal and in the morning yeah i had no problem using the microwave you know throw some water in on top of it and let it you know let it cook for a minute um, but the thing is we have done so that done so that that we can actually notice the products that are um are like oatmeal, which I was talking about. If you go down the aisle of oatmeal, this is just an example. If you notice, and the next time you go to the grocery store, take a look. Oatmeal is now on the bottom shelf. Quaker oats and quick oats are now on the bottom shelf in the yep. grocery store of the cereal aisle. And then you see, as it goes up, the sugar content also, as it goes closer to eye level, right. the sugar content also goes up. Absolutely. You know, of, the, of the cereals that you have because of the fact that, and then of course they have, you know, sh- a lot of sugar packed cereals below like an adult eye level to that of a child. Yeah, for kids because they want to, they're, they're, they're with mom or dad, right. you know, doing the shopping, they're throwing right. stuff in the cart. I want this. Yeah, I want these Frostios or I want these, you know, fruity cocoa thingies. Yeah, there's a reason why these companies pay for positions in the aisles. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of people don't even realize that because food, the food industry and manufacturers basically will pay for their location on the shelf. Sure. They pay extra if they want to be at a certain level. And then they, you know, it, it goes up, they pay more, and it's really based on their profits. So if they're making a lot of money because they're putting in all these ingredients, you know, their cereals cost them five bucks a box, and the box may be smaller than a regular large box of Kellogg's cornflakes, which also is now on the bottom. You know, you won't right. see Kellogg's cornflakes on the top because of the amount of less sugar that it has in any other cereal. Um, you have to understand that there's 
it's marketing. It's all about the marketing behind it and getting people to, 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 not only for the convenience sake, but for their their profit sake, for the profits of the companies, uh, as well as the convenience of the shoppers. So, when you're in a grocery store, always go on the outside the outside parameter of the grocery store first. Pick up your fruits, your vegetables, um, uh, your you know your yogurts, your dairy products, all before you start hitting the house. And, it, and if you don't, here it is, not everybody's going to take the time to do that. But there's a reason why a lot of grocery stores now have set up their fruits and vegetables as soon as you come in the door. You know, because of the fact that they are consciously thinking about, okay, people want, people need to eat more fruits and vegetables in order to enhance their own health. and. You know, and then you can go in some grocery stores, and I, I'm not going to call any names, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, but there's a, a, a W um, store. Mm-hmm. A w store, when you go in, like, you'll see what they've done is they've separated and put the, uh, they put the, let's put it this way, they put the grocery section on one side. Yeah of the, when you, in the entrance of the door, yeah. but the first thing that you do not see is fruits and vegetables. The first thing you see may be donuts, cakes, the bakery section, right. know, those things. Um, and then you have to actually work your way back because their, their, mar- their profit margin is based on those, um, those items on when you first come in that they know that they're going to sell because that's the first thing you say. If you're going for grocery shopping, they know the human behavior because they have all these psychologists and psychiatrists and, you know, people who are in the field of behavior, human behavior. They know exactly what people are going to do. They go to the grocery store. A lot of times people go to the grocery store hungry. You know what, too, and I'm going to throw this out there. I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm going to make an assumption, and you may know the answer to this. So I would also assume that depending on the grocery store that you go to, because some are more uh, super stores with a grocery store attached, and some are just a grocery store standalone, and some are like specialty groceries. I don't even know what they would be called. Specialty grocery grocery stores. And so Mm -hmm. people are more likely, I think, that if the store is a combination superstore with a grocery store attached they're probably bringing their kids and what you just described as you know the the cookies and the donuts and the this and the bakery and this and that right. your if if folks are bringing their family members whether it be children or you know the entire family i would think that there's going to be, uh, and they're going in there hungry, because you and I both know they're going in there right. hungry, right? <laughs> they're starting to, they're throwing all kinds of, you know, ooey gooey, sweet, delicious stuff in their cart. And by the time they make it to the produce section, it's like, I really don't want a cucumber. But do, uh, yeah. I, I really, or, I really or, don't want a tomato. <laughs> or, I'm, or I'm, oh, my, my budget is gone. Right, exactly. And so so you're talking demographics, just like you said, the marketing, the demographics, the geographics, 
the um, what people can afford, whether they're going to the specialty grocery store or they're going to the um, the one that's got this, the the super system. store, super right. thingy dingy. Um, right, and have all these roll downs, right? Prices, <laughs> right, and and so also right. when you think about produce, you're also these stores are probably thinking about okay, what's what's my shelf life on this thing, um, and so when you go to the specialty grocery stores, this is what I've experienced, and probably you too, is you see the the produce is a little higher in price, and there's not as much yes. of it. Right? right, because they You're don't right. want to lose money on those perishable items. When you go to a larger grocery store that's probably got a lot more traffic, they've got a boatload of produce, yeah. um, and it's cheaper. Much cheaper. Right. You're right. So You're absolutely right. it's it, you, just like you said, though, it's all about marketing and and uh, the analysis of you know how long is this going to last on the shelf. How often do we have to rotate it? You know, where is our distributor located, et cetera, et cetera. So there's definitely some some thinking and thought involved that people just probably aren't even, you know, recognizing when they go to the store. And you don't. I mean, you know, the thing is, it's one thing that people, it's a task. It's an errand. Grocery shopping is an errand. It's not a thing of lifestyle. I mean... Because if you look at, if you go back many years and you think about traditional um, traditional farming, for example, people used to have to either, if you were barter between each other, like I grow corn, you grow, you know, something else, you know, uh, or you grow potatoes and we would actually trade between each other, but we had meals for our families, right? Uh, or I would have a cow and you would have a chicken and, or we, and we would trade between each other. But right. the thing is, it was a safer environment because of the fact there was no pesticides involved. They were actually, we controlled the, the, there was not as many, let's say, there were pesticides, but there weren't harmful pesticides, let's put it that way, as they are now. They were not created in lab, laboratories or you know, these chemical companies that have these explosions that you hear about all the time um, because of the fact that they've got all these chemicals that are, you know, over time that have end up interacting, having this reaction with each other. So that's, that's a whole different podcast. But Jay, really, in all honesty, it really doesn't matter. And I, I say that it doesn't matter what type of diet you decide, whether it's GMO or it's, it's plant-based or if it's, you know, you know, I don't... Organic or... or, keto, or yeah, keto-free yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah. you got to understand, whatever you put in your body is what's going to give you the most benefits, right? So if you put something in there that you can't even pronounce and don't even know what it is, or you know sugar, everybody knows sugar is bad for but the thing is, we've become... We have become creatures of lifestyle. You know, it's convenient. It's easy. I don't have to go home and cook because back then, years ago, let's go back years ago, you know, moms were in the kitchen cooking biscuits, you know, making biscuits from scratch and making cakes from scratch and making pies from scratch. And, and that was kind of like the role. And they didn't have as many problems as, I say, health problems as they did. Yes, they worked hard to do it. They worked hard to put food on the table, you know, 
Farming is not an easy thing to do. And it will take its toll on your body because of the fact that the amount of energy that you exert, and you know, and I, I just know this from some of my ancestors and relatives that, you know, farming has not been easy. But at the same time, when you look at the high blood pressure, you look at cancer, you look at some of the things that our society is going through now, I mean, some of the major uh, diseases, they're, they're, they had diseases, but they were not to the point that they are now. Let's put it that way. I mean, when you look at the research and how, I'm gonna give you a good example. It was this doctor, uh, T. Collin, he did a China study um, and it, it was on cardiovascular disease. And he found that the more plant protein, legumes, and vegetables people eat, the less likely they were to die of coronary disease. Well, just eating more fruits and vegetables and less meat can prevent damage to cells. We have within us, we have 35 trillion cells in the body. That's a lot. And those cells depend on these nutrients to, to survive. And not only that, but we are, as we're eating more and more junk food, even though it may not, you know, whether it's GMO or non-GMO or, you know, pre-packaged food or processed food or, or whatever, it's going to take its toll on these cells that are looking for specific nutrients. And, it, it, and you know what, too, Pam, I think one of our podcasts, we were talking about um, how long cells live and how as you get older, your cells are easily, easily dead. Yes, they die <laughs> and, and so, they don't regrow. Right. And so, you know, the, the, the better you feed them, the more healthy they're going to be. Right, and, and if your goal is to not die early, and I think that's everybody's goal, hopefully, die, you yes. know, stay healthy as long as you can and not die young, you've got to treat your body like a temple. I mean, that sounds so yeah. cliche, no, but, but that's, no, yeah. that's in the Bible. Your body is a temple. Yeah, yeah. and you really yeah. have to, you know, the if you're just eating meat and potatoes, there's no fiber in that. There's no, just like you said earlier, um, I come from a meat and potatoes family myself, and vegetables were like, oh, really? Broccoli? Ew. Uh, that, that's changed in my life, but um, if you don't have that clearing out of bad things in your body, you know, the, feeding their cells properly and, and getting your body cleaned out with some fiber, it's, it's not a good thing. The longer, the, it, it, the, here's the bottom line. Everybody has to decide for themselves what it is that they see for their life. Whether they want to live a long life, whether they want to be in good health as they get older, whether they want to be in good health now, you know, and, and it really doesn't matter how old you are because young people now are suffering from type 2 diabetes, you know. Um, People are, you know, uh, at young, they, you hear every day, young person having um, heart disease or, you know, or being obese and, and cancer. And it's, it's so much out there that you don't have to be old in order to experience it. But 
the thing is we have to be proactive to make sure that whatever lifestyle we choose, whether uh, we decide that we want to go with a more healthy plant-based diet or we just have to make that decision for ourselves. Jay and I are here for our listeners, not so much to tell you that this is what you need to do, but we provide you with information so that you can make the decision for yourselves. And that is our only role and our only goal is that whatever information that we dig up, and because Jay and I have talked about this, you know, community can, can serve many, you know, and so if you have any comments, if you want to hear more information about some of the research that we've done, and we've gone over our normal time on, on this one because of the fact that it's, one, it's so important for people to be aware of, but also because of the fact that it's so much information out there that we ask that you seek that information that's available to anybody just with a couple of clicks and, and go to the research, go to the the research, the, the actual research, as opposed to someone's opinion, um, to find out, you know, what it is that's the best for you in your life, so that you are healthier, not only today, but tomorrow. Now, on that note, this is PB&J. We hope and hope and hope that there's a comment section in our episode that you will leave a comment, anything that you want us to research, Anything that you want us to discuss, please leave your comment there. And we're going to say goodbye today. Have a great, healthy, happy life. We wish you well. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Take good care.